Thank you guys for another episode of Sword Loser. I am your host, DeAndre Johnson, and here I have my tennis analyst, Motez Robinson. How you doing, Motez? I'm doing great, D. What's up with you, man? Doing great. I haven't seen you all year, and I hope all is well. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm on the court every day, uh, you know, doing my thing. So, uh, yeah, all is well, man. All is well. That's good. I brought you on this um show today. You know, just talking about um the Grand Slam title won by Naomi Osaka. She had defeated Serena Williams, and the big story um, from the matchup was not Osaka being Williams. I believe what the third straight time, but Williams contemplating retirement without saying that she contemplating retirement during her um, press conference. So first thing first, um, I just want to ask you what you thought about the match. Um, well, I, I thought that um, Naomi played exactly how she should have played against Serena. And, and in fact, um, the, the, the thing with Serena right now, getting to, to, to tie the record or break the record, she's going to have to get through Naomi in every Grand Slam. And I don't think that's possible because Naomi is the, the mirror image of Serena. And she does everything a little bit better. Um in order for Serena to beat her now, she would Serena would have to have an awesome serving day, which means she would have to get two and three points off of her serve per service games. And, and Naomi's a good returner, and um, she would have to get some some unforced errors off the ground, you know, because um, Naomi can hit a dime on the court. And she hits angles, and she hits the ball hard, and she hits a little bit flatter than Serena does. So uh, Serena sees this mirror image of herself. And it's, and it's really kind of daunting because that's what Serena used to do to other players when she came on the circuit. So it's 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 a tough matchup for Serena right now. It's an almost impossible matchup. And, and since Serena doesn't come to the net, she's going to have to slug it off on the baseline. There's no game. There's no plan B to go to. Yeah, I agree. And um, Serena about to be what forty this year or thirty nine? But it's close to forty. Thirty nine now. I think she'll be forty her next birthday. Yes, and um. There's not many tennis players, whether it's men or women, that plays, you know, at an elite level past the age of 40. Um, right. You know, we just saw um, Djokovic, who we'll get into, um, you know, soon. We see him uh, still dominate on the men's side. And um, Nadal Federer, you know, particularly Federer, when he was, like, getting close to 40, like, he's, you know, yeah. won a couple of Grand Slams. But, however... Um, yeah, Naomi. Naomi is um the best player in tennis right now, no doubt. I mean, it's not that she only beat Serena once, but she had beat her three straight times, and not just you know barely win, but she you could you could make a case that she kind of dominated. And what you mentioned um before that you know Serena at her age right now she had to do a lot of running around, and her game right now is dependent on her physical power and yes that's it it's, it's like lebron james like um syndrome pretty much where you know i'm still athletic but i gotta depend on more of my power rather than my athleticism yeah. because i'm not yeah. you know young like i once was yeah yeah and that's and that's, that's it. so if you go back and watch some of the points um i saw a lot of shots where naomi hit winners and serena didn't even move toward she didn't even make a move toward the ball and so that, that tells me that um, Naomi was picking the ball up early off the court and she was hitting her spots on the court. And Serena just couldn't change directions fast enough uh, to go to even try and move in a lot of those shots. So um, 
I'm not sure what Serena was thinking when she said she missed a lot of easy shots. Naomi did give her a lot of easy shots to miss, so I think she was she was just outplayed. And I think that 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 little breakdown, the emotional breakdown at the end, was that she realized that was that playing against this this person is like playing against her mirror image, and she's just not a good matchup for her right now. And in the case, the difference with Federer is that Federer has a plan B to go to. Federer is a good volleyer. So Federer can not only play from the baseline, but he can also come to the net against these guys. So he can, you know, change his game up. But Serena is basically all from the, from the baseline, and she's not an adequate enough volleyer to come in and to change and disrupt the patterns of any of these top players. She has to win from the baseline. Yeah. I'm Right now, I'm just looking at the uh, women ranking. And Naomi Osaka is ranked number two currently right now. Above her is Ashley Barty. Um, at number three is Simona Halep. Sophia Cannon coming in fourth. Serena is currently at seven. Um, Naomi been the hottest women tennis player. Um, I will say like over the last year and a half. I don't know if you agree with me or not, but um, Barty, um, what's your thoughts on her? Like, is she do does she deserve to be a number one rank? Uh, women tennis player over Osaka? Um, right now, no, I don't think so. I, I think Osaka is the better player, but you know, you, you know, everything is hinged upon the points and you know how much you play. And uh, but I think I think head to head, I have to check the head to head. But I think when you just watch them play head to head, I think Osaka is the better player. But right now, I think uh, Barty has more points, uh, and I think Osaka is more consistent. Um, I think if you watch, you know. Barty's, you know, wins and losses during the season, she loses the players that she shouldn't lose to, just like the players she lost to in the Australian Open this year. And uh, you don't see Naomi going through a lot of those defeats during the season. So um, I think just sometimes it's just a matter of one player playing a little bit more than the other and getting more points. Um, but if you look at Grand Slam wins, I believe Naomi has, uh, uh, has the edge over her. Yeah, so right now, like, Osaka, she had went from number three to number two, replacing, uh, well, actually flip-flopping with Simona Halep. Uh, Serena went from number 11 to seven. Um, dropping down, um, not dropping down, but actually going up 11 points is America own Jennifer Brady. And um, Madison Keys, who we don't really talk much about, but she's currently ranked number 19. She also, you know, hell here from USA. Um, do you, do you know anything about Jennifer Brady? Like I already know, I already know anything about her, but uh, it seems like she's a young upcoming talent that rose up to on number thirteen. Yeah, I think so. Um, she she won the NCAA's um, when she was at UCLA, and I think she was runner up one year. So she went through the college system, and I think it took her maybe just a couple of years to kind of um, get her feet wet on the circuit, and, you know, and kind of what she did. You know, she kind of uh, grew into a game. She got more confident, and uh, you see the results now. And she's really worked hard on her fitness, and you kind of see the, the, the fruits of you know that labor right now. So she's um, she is an up and comer, and she's got a, a fierce, she's got a big forehand, and she moves well on the court. She's got a good serve. So um, you'll probably see her in more Grand Slam finals in the future. Now, is it still possible for Serena to capture the young record for the most Grand Slam? Um, I think it, it, anything is possible, especially on, with, with tennis being the matchup sport that it is. Anything is possible. She would have to have the perfect storm, though. She would have to have someone, you know, beat Naomi, someone who's a bad matchup for Naomi, which there aren't many players that, that are. That player has to beat 
Naomi um, early in the tournament, and then if Serena has to play that person, that person has to be a good matchup for Serena. Uh, and tennis is kind of funny that way. There's this just this. It's all about matchup, and she would have to have the perfect storm of not having to play a lot of the top seeds. Uh, unfortunately for Serena, because of COVID, a lot of the young players didn't play a lot, and so they're not. They have they didn't win a lot of the early rounds and at the Australian Open. But as the year progresses and these younger players start playing a little bit more and getting more confident, that's going to make it even tougher for Serena. You know, players like Andrescu from Canada. Um, and even Halep hasn't been playing that much this year. Um, a lot of those players didn't play a lot, you know, before the Australian Open. Um, and so they're going to start playing a little bit more and getting more confident. And that's going to make it a little bit tougher for Serena, I think, unfortunately. Yeah, and um, I think I was watching one analyst on TV, I guess, saying that, like, tennis, you know, similar to, like, golf in the sense of, you know, Tiger Wood, he had, like, a long um, experience long period of time where he won his last major. I think it was like 10, 11 years and he won another major, you know, the master, I, I believe like a couple of years ago. But um, for Serena case, you know, again, like there's not many tennis players that play over the age of 40 at an elite level. So is it possible that Serena could play for like the next, I don't know, about next five years, it could capture two more Grand Slam titles? Yeah, again, it would have to be the perfect storm, and anything is possible. You know, anything can anything can happen when two players step on the court. Uh, you, you just never know. You know, what players one player may wake up that day and just not feel it, and it could be one of the top players. Yeah, but do she um, do she have five years left? Like, do you think she could play another five years? I don't years? think she has five years. I think two to three years tops. I, I think two to three years. You know, tennis has been. She's had you know the knee problem and the ankle problem, um, and you know with the with the added age. It makes it tougher to train at that intensity, you know, for two to three more years. And she's had trouble with the injuries, you know, from time to time in tournaments. You know, we saw Venus, you know, she went out with, with, with an ankle injury. And once you once you get those injuries when you're older as a player, it's much tougher to to bounce back. And you don't really become, you don't come back 100%, you know, after those injuries. Whereas when you're 20 or 21, you can kind of bounce back and no one even notices that you had an injury a couple of weeks ago. But when you see Serena, she walks on a court. She's got both knee, both ankles. Sorry, both ankles heavily taped up. Um, and um, you know, any time something could happen, or she wakes up one day and her ankle is, is feeling stiff, and it just doesn't respond as quickly after tough fought matches as it did 20 years ago. Yeah, I agree. That's very true. Every time, every time you have an injury to your lower body, especially like your ankles or your knees, it, right. it's very yeah. hard to recover, especially yeah. after the age of thirty. And that goes for like all sports, whether it's basketball yeah. or football, any sports that require you to like you know use your lower body a lot. Yeah. And so you know, with that said, uh, we just gonna move on to the men's side. And um, today, early this morning, um, Djokovic had defeated Medvedev. Um, in three sets, seven five, six two, and six two, is Djokovic? Is he? Can you consider him as like above Agassi or Sampras right now as like the best of all time on the men's side? Um, you'd have to say with the number of Grand Slams that he has won, yeah, he's ahead of uh, the Americans. He's he's ahead of Agassi and Sampras. Um, he's still two behind Federer, I believe. He's two or three behind Federer which he will probably get that in the next couple of years. He probably will. Um, I will say this. I think that when you when you ask people around the world um, who, who they consider the, the, the best player, 
of this era, you, you're going to get some conflicting stories because Rafa is in the conversation, Djokovic because of his record, you know, and Federer because of his record and just because of his grace on the court. You know, he, when, when he plays tennis, it's a beautiful thing to watch. And he hits shots that no one else really hits. And uh, you, you can't teach that. So he's, he's not only, you know, uh, beautiful to watch, but, um, you know, just the grace that he has off the court, the gentleman that he is, uh, the, the, he's a fan favorite. And I think that, you know, Novak hasn't been embraced by the fans in tennis as much as Rafa and, um, and Roger. And I think he's trying to pull that off, but I think his personality on the court has a lot to do with that. And uh, so the, the, the argument whether he's the greatest or not will, will be yes because of his Grand Slam wins, but if, when you ask people who their favorite is, they're probably going to say Roger or Rafa. Yeah, and that's something that's been um, very frustrating throughout sports. doesn't matter what sports you're talking about. You got, you know, the popularity contest and who's actually really is better than who. And, you know, right now I'm looking at the man's ranking. Of course, um, Djokovic is ranked number one. Number two is Nadal. Number three is um, Thiem. Medved was ranked number four. Federer is at number five. Um, other notables... I'm looking at um, Mafios from France is number 11. Uh, David yeah. Goffin, the German, is number 13. And uh, Dimitro, if I'm saying that correctly, Gregor, Gregor oh. Dimitro um, oh, is yeah, ranked number yeah, 21. Yeah, Dimitro, yes. Dimitro, excuse me. And number twenty uh-huh. and number 24, the big 6'10", John Isner is ranked number 24. And um, we, we, we spoke about this before where the man, it seemed like it just a, a four-man race pretty much. Or a three-man race um, yeah. between Nadal, Federer, and um, Djokovic. Djokovic, yes, yeah. right. Correct, correct. Do you still have any confidence in anybody else outside of those three to, like, you know, make a, you know, like have a... No, I, I, I haven't seen any evidence of the top three. Um, you know, giving up any ground right now. I mean, it's been, you know, these guys were touted as generation next, you know, five years ago. These guys were supposed to win grand slams, and they, they, they haven't. I mean, Medvedev has come, kind of come out of nowhere out of that generation X um, group, but he wasn't touted five years ago um, like Zarev and uh, uh, Dimitrov and team, and those guys were you know, five years ago. And so he's kind of ahead of the pack. He has a better chance of winning than the Generation Xers that, 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 that the tour was really tallying. And I think also you got to also look at um, some of the other players coming up, especially the Canadian players, you know, um, OJ Alassim and also um, uh, the other Canadian player. Uh, those guys could sneak up and win a Grand Slam before any of those other guys. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't talk about those guys. Yeah, I got you got Alicine and um, Shapovalov. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Shapovalov. So I, I can see those guys, you know, in the next couple of years, you know, when they become more consistent and a little more confident in their game, I can see those guys even pulling off a Grand Slam win. You know, and a lot of guys, like McEnroe talks about OJ Alicine saying that he has the potential to win a Grand Slam one day with his game. Hmm. Yeah, and, um, you know, Tennis, I could say tennis since on um, this pandemic, um, it has been consistent. 
Uh, you mentioned, um, you know, a lot of the top players on the women's side, a lot of them haven't been, you know, playing enough matches, which, like, it'll affect their rankings. But it's been pretty consistent so far of, you know, who's who's actually, like, you know, the best. Like, far as, like, you know, ranking, like, 1 to 10. Like, the players that you know that are good are actually, you know, ranked in the um, vicinity where they should be ranked. So I give it up to like you know the tennis athletes, you know, continue to uh, stay in shape and continue to stay ready, even you know through this pandemic, which hopefully, hopefully it should be over you know soon. And I'm just betting over the summer. Hopefully, once we get past through this summer, we be done with the pandemic. Yes, yes, yes. I think you you know you'll see tennis get back to a little more you know consistency when all the players kind of get back on the circuit, get back into the routine of practicing. You know. You know, for a couple of weeks, a lot of the players weren't able to practice um, at the Australian Open and even before that because they were on lockdown for two weeks. So they didn't get a lot of practice. So there wasn't a lot of consistency with a lot of the players. Mm-hmm. And I think you'll see a difference um, once uh, more, you know, once the shot is available to more players and more um, officials uh, and just to more fans in general, um, I think you'll see a little bit more consistency at a lot of players. And you'll it's kind of like, you know, they say the cream always rises to the top. Well, um, you'll, you'll see that in tennis. You'll, you'll see that the best players who are the best players will rise back to the top um, with, without any doubt. You'll see that. There's, I don't think there's any any um, any dark horses, horses out there that are going to come out of the uh, woodwork and win a major tournament uh, this year. I, I can't see anyone. There may be some upsets in a tournament early on or uh, in the middle rounds. Um, but usually the, the best players still make it to the semis and the finals. You kind of see it, it's pretty consistent on, on the men's side and the women's side as well. As well. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree. A um, couple things before I let you go. Uh, first thing, you know, Naomi Osaka, you know, she's uh, she's not a right star anymore. She's, she's there. She's not a right star anymore. She's there. Um, you know, what's her future hold for her? Like, what you expect or what do you predict? Um. No one's really talking about this yet, but I mean, she's already won. She's won four slams, I think, at least. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's she's at the ripe age of twenty-one, and I, I only see her game getting better. And I say that you know she's got another sixteen years ahead of her on the circuit. Um, it's not unthinkable for her to be holding a record at the end of her career. In fact, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't bet against it. I, I would almost bet on it. Um, I noticed some other upcoming players, uh, but I just say with her game, I think she's got the potential to um, to chase the record uh, of all the players I'm seeing today. I think she's got the best chance of chasing the record right now. Yeah, yeah. and last thing, uh, can you talk about the workshop that you all attended today? Oh well, I just had a clinic for some people that I have um, uh, each week over at, at Dolphin K. It's just a weekly clinic. I have some clients over there that I was doing. There's nothing really, really big or special, but I will say that um, I have launched my uh, foundation in which I will be um, providing tennis um, for free for, um, for uh, underprivileged, disadvantaged children and also for adults who want to do an intro to tennis. It's called my fit class, which is called Fun Intro to Tennis, which I introduced the you know, the basics of tennis while also just basically addressing 
the um, obesity levels, um, the rates in Pinellas County. I think uh, my research told me that the rates in Pinellas County were over 60%. And so that means that a lot of people are sedentary. Whoa. And, you know, the, the medium, like the medium, um, medium income is only like 50 or 60,000 dollars. So that doesn't leave a lot of money to do something like tennis, you know, which requires you to get equipment, go to a club, become a member, those sort of things. So especially if a family has like two or three kids. So my, um, my fit class will introduce tennis to adults to get them moving. Um, so my foundation will um, enjoy it enough to just keep playing it. They can keep playing at the recreational level. So I'll be meeting them at the recreational level at one of the local facilities um, to, to do these classes, and they'll be free. And my other program for kids is called Beyond the Baseline, and it's called Game Set Career, which I'll be teaching kids um, the career opportunities that exist in the tennis industry beyond just being a coach on the court or a high school coach or an instructor. Hmm. So I, I just got to ask this because for people, for people who don't know, like we're located here in um, St. Pete, Florida, you know, Tampa area. You said here in Pinellas County, 60% of the population are obese. Yeah, yeah. The BMI Florida. 25% for someone to be considered obese. Yeah. Well, this is Florida, and we got that yeah. high of a number. Like, you think it just, just because, or a lot of it had to do with the pandemic? Um, I Those were the latest stats, and I think those stats were taken before the pandemic. Hmm. Yeah, so I believe they came out before the pandemic. So that meant that there was just, in, in, especially with the Latino and with the black communities, uh, more people are just sedentary. They go to work, they come home, take care of the kids, they eat, they go to sleep. And, and again, um, with that certain population, there's not a lot of money for extracurricular activities. You know, once you pay the mortgage or pay the rent, you know, the car payments, um, you know, whatever, you know, utilities you got at the house and whatever, you know, you got to pay for food, you know, um, hopefully you're putting some money away for investments, you're paying, you know, insurance for the family, health insurance. There's probably not a, money, a lot of money left over to have even a gym membership. And the other thing that I found is that um, most people that get a gym membership don't keep the gym membership because there's no socialization when you're at the gym. You ever you know, notice when you go to the gym, there's a lot of individual people that are working at the gym, but no one looks like they're having fun. Right. When, when you come to one of my classes, you'll see people interacting with one another, socializing, having fun, playing tennis. And that's the difference. And so you don't get that same interaction at a gym. You don't get the same camaraderie when yeah. you go to a gym. But people end up going to a gym for maybe a month, maybe two months at the most, and then they stop. Yeah, gym membership is only $10 for most places. But right. I do agree with you that when you play you know, sports, I mean, it's an activity where you get to uh, socialize and, you know, build chemistry with, you know, everybody that's there compared to like, you know, just being at the gym and everybody's all zero in, you know, into that workout, which is, you know, very hard to do. And there's a reason why people put on headphones and get on and listen to like music while working out so they could have some type of motivation. Uh, I don't know many people who could have like motivation, just zero in, just lock in. Well, not talk to anybody and just lifting, you know, heavy weights or even doing cardio, which cardio uh, is more mental than physical when it comes to cardio. Yeah, and right. 
And so if you get some cardio doing something like tennis, which does a lot of cardio, I think you're you're correct. You could have much more fun doing tennis than doing your basic um cardio running outside or running on the treadmill. Absolutely, yes, yeah. And tennis and any, anyone that's uh, that's that's, uh, that's done a um, a fit class with me or my cardio tennis class, you know, they all say the same thing. That at the end of the hour, they've had fun and they have uh, they sweat a little bit, they burn some calories, but the most thing is they have fun. They laugh and they joke with the people after the class. It creates a camaraderie, and it's 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 just a better environment for people, especially who are feeling isolated nowadays. There's a lot of people feeling isolated because of the pandemic. And so, you know, we're going to take all of the COVID precautions. People will have to, you know, um, wear a mask until they get onto the court, until we distance everyone. Uh, COVID protocols will be taken. We'll take temperatures. There'll be sanitizer um, and um, sprays on the court for people to use. All the equipment will be sprayed down before and after use. And we'll maintain, you know, a safe distance of four to six feet you know, on the court. And so tennis right now is, is the best social distancing sport, you know, in the world right now that you can have fun doing. Yes. And, uh, okay, so where is your clinic located and how people can uh, get in touch with you? Um, the best thing to do, to do if they're interested, um, if they're a beginner in tennis and they want to get into the fit program, is just to call me and I'll explain everything to them. Um, I've got a couple of different locations that I'm working on right now. Uh, Campbell Park is going to be one of the locations I'm looking at, and Lake Vista is going to be the other part that I'm looking at. And so I've um, I've made contact with people at Campbell Park um, to let them know about my program. They got thumbs up for it. And my next thing is to contact Lake Vista and let them know that I'd like to do the program down there as well. So they can contact me at 727-515-1454 if anyone's interested. And my kids program is for high school kids that are currently playing tennis um but who may not who may maybe you know you know financially challenged and they don't have the means to join a club and to get professional um instruction and, and we'll provide that for them as well as teaching them about the um the tennis industry and the jobs and the uh, occupations that exist in tennis so that way they're able to stay in the game of tennis beyond high school, even if they don't get a scholarship to college, they can stay in the game of tennis. Oh, man. I'm glad that you're doing your part in this world, and that's all you can do. So I yes. really appreciate you and yes, all things you've you done. Thank you. thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And thank this is something I've been thinking about for a while. I've been thinking about it for a couple of years now. And when the, when the pandemic hit and I kind of went independent, I said this is the best time to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I appreciate you uh, coming on this podcast and um you know i continue to um of course get better and um gain more listeners you know across the world honestly Great. yeah so <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it's yeah it's been a blessing it's been real good and uh, i appreciate you you know being a guest and um you know continue to teach me more about tennis and like what to look for and what to expect you know especially from elite players you know in the sports yeah. so i really appreciate Yes, yeah, so I'm there. Yes, sir. So I appreciate you, and uh, thank you guys for listening. This is your host DeAndre Johnson. This is Sword Loser Podcast. You'll hear from me soon.